Waters is an actor, dancer, and creator who graduated from the California Institute of the Arts in 2013 with a BFA in dance and choreography. Born in Los Angeles but raised in Minneapolis and San Diego, Jordan performed at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in 2014 in a production of Tempest, directed by Tony Tacone. He has also modeled for MSA Models, traveled the world with the film Mystic India, and has danced for George Faison, Maya Garcia, Danny Soto, and many more renowned artists. Jordan founded his own entertainment company, They Got Time, where he produces his own content for multiple streaming platforms and live performances. His latest show is the traveling off-Broadway vaudeville hip-hop show, Rebirth of Rabbit's Foot. Dress for the podcast you want. Hit it, Megan. That was good. Yeah, thank you. That was better than the actual intro music. Oh, thank you. What was your inspiration there? Uh, I thought of myself as like a one-person SNL band. Oh, (laughs) and you said that, and then I imagined you as an SNL band, and you're all the different people. It's like you on the saxophone, I'm like on the drums. Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins, but like just put me on the SNL soundstage. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) Hi, everyone. My name is David. And I'm Megan. And this is Dress for the Podcast You Want. It's a a podcast about success. (laughs) And my wife is a one-man band. Thank you. Today, we have a very successful individual on the... I mean, we always do, but this one's very successful. (laughs) We lied about the others. This guy's legit. (laughs) Listen, all the other... All the other successful people have been bullshit. This is the one. <laughs> the person we have on the podcast today is Jordan Waters. Hi, Jordan. Pew, pew, pew. What up, y'all? How y'all doing? How are you, Jordan? It's so good to hear from you. I'm, I'm good. I'm glad I get to be labeled as successful, especially during these goddamn pandemics. Like, this is that's an honor. Thank you, guys. Th- though, to be brutally fair, doesn't the bar for success lower during a pandemic? Aren't we all successful just Don't for delegitimize? what put, he's doing no 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 i'm not delegitimizing i'm not delegitimizing jordan <laughs> jordan are you hearing this i'm re-legitimizing let let everyone go. else <laughs> tell if me more put, about me tell me if, if you got out of bed and you put on some semblance of clothing isn't that successful <laughs> yeah but then jordan does that and then some that's why he's super successful <laughs> okay 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 i see what you're saying oh, oh wow this is this is this is great i need to have you guys like more often we're we're like a hype man but we fight with each other but like a a grounded hype man like he's not gonna go overboard (laughs) are you guys like the angel and the devil (gasps) yeah (laughs) yeah that that would be good roles for us for jordan Uh which one would you be megan i mean we obviously i'd be the angel you would be that person that would try to make him do things that'd be like jordan would it be fun do we really need to go into who would play who But yes, first successful, actually, David, that does make sense because, you know, we we always keep beating ourselves up that we are, as my father calls it, comparative despair. So we are always comparing ourselves to someone else and then making ourselves sad and depressed. Ooh. Yeah. Where did your, did your father get that or come up with that? He either came up with it or he like heard it in the seventies in New York and he's been telling me that ever since. So it's, it's one of those things, uh, comparative despair. It is a very true fact and it becomes more and more once you like 
keep scrolling on social media or comparing mm-hmm. yourself to your friend. Mm-hmm. Because I was actually just talking to my friend from high school a few days ago. And from high school friends to me, it's like, yeah, you're super successful, man. You're in New York City. You're traveling the world. You're fucking great. I'm like, wow, that's super awesome. Because they just have like a mortgage and kids. And they're like, you're actually doing it. But what like kind of comes with that double-edged sword is I hang out with people on Broadway and people that are starring in movies. So to me, it looks like I'm still not doing enough. Mm. So that's where my comparative despair comes into play because it's just one of those like, yeah, and my friend just did his feature film and my friend just got off Broadway, you know, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So always comparing yourself is not a good thing, but you got to you gotta get the little wins that you have. So everyone is successful in their own way. Yeah. I, love that. I love that. And it's going to make my first question for you really interesting because my first question is, do you consider yourself a successful person? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just said. Thank you, Vanity. No, it's just, it's, it's one of those, I like talking to people, but I don't like talking about me. Oh, well, you're on the wrong podcast then. But... But I love talking about my experiences. Oh. So it's kind of that level of, yeah, no, I do not think I'm successful. Yes, I am successful. Mm-hmm. Because I understand you, that. You you have if you don't believe in yourself, why is somebody going to pay you money to do a project or to do something if you can't even believe in yourself? Mm. And yes, it's like I see something in you that you don't, which is great, awesome. But after a while, it's like if you don't see it, then somebody else sees it in them and they're gonna book the job. And right. I, I just keep getting kind of stuck in the realm of the comparative despair as well as being you know depressed and always wanting to be better than I was yesterday and I keep keep that mantra going on strong but I want I, I always want more I'm never satisfied and yes I was saying that before Hamilton came out God <laughs> <laughs> but I want more and like who doesn't want more even if you do have like a wife and kids and you have the house like you always you always want something more and so we as artists are always trying and thriving to be better than we were and get the things that we want to do because some people think once I get that I'll be happy and I was like that for a while and I realized it's really not about the destination it's about the journey mm-hmm. and it's a long well, journey <laughs> yeah hopefully what what was it for you when you thought it was a thing that was going to make you happy well I originally started with this idea because my parents were in entertainment mm-hmm. my father was an actor my mother worked in props and uh, my parents divorced when I was five and I thought if I can become a famous actor my family will want to come back together again oh mm-hmm. Jordan <laughs> needless to say that has not happened <laughs> And not because I wasn't famous, but just because uh, I got older and I learned why. <laughs> they <didn't Yeah>. <laughs> you were like, oh, this isn't up to me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was like kind of the idea. And then going to the workshops and taking the classes and listening to the teachers being like, you shouldn't want to be an actor to make money. And I was like, what? But how am I supposed to make money? And they're like, no, you're supposed to do it because you love it. If you do it for money, it's all for the wrong reason. Shit. Well, now what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I wanted the money, but I... But I'm good at, like, I'm only good at this thing. <laughs> like, I, because I also went to a performing arts high school and college, like, all I know how to do is entertain. Mm-hmm. And whether that's me being in front, that's me being behind the scenes, like, I love being around creations, development. I love, I'm that weird actor that loves Tech Week because I love mm-hmm. seeing it all develop and come to life. Like, we just were in a rehearsal space, like, three days ago and it was just us in the room and now it's like we have the set the props the costume things finally get pieced together or if it's film and like we've been sending 
sending emails and sending drafts and talking for weeks. And then we get on set and we're like, yo, that's the props, that's the costume, that's like everything's coming together. And so mm-hmm. I just love doing all of that and being around that. And mm-hmm. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> the question was, I think, well, uh, it, it's a... Uh, Similar to a question that I ask usually later in the podcast, but we can ask it here is like, what was, I usually ask is, but it sounds like you don't have one anymore is like, what was your apex? What was your like, I've made it right? Some actors, it's like, I'm on Broadway. I've, I've made it. I am now successful. You know, I've directed my first feature film. I've made it. Like, did you have a goal like that in mind before you switched to this journey perspective? I, I, I do. And every time I say it, everyone laughs. <laughs> um, I want to win an EGOT. Mm. I mean, I can, I can laugh at that because it's first, first of all, it's a funny word, but second, of all like if i personally know someone that i think would have the potential to do it you'd be on the list so <laughs> thank you man that that means a lot what, just... what are they what, how do they laugh when they laugh what are they laughing about? <laughs> really okay and it's like all right that's uh, cool mm. because it's mm. it's that weird like what's your dream it's like i want to be on broadway it's like well you can yeah. you can be on broadway but there are like actually there well last i counted there was only eight people that technically have it mm. and lin-manuel miranda is about to be the youngest if he wins the oscar for Hamilton. He will be, I think he's 35 now. He's not 35. Tell me the man's not 35. Are you serious? No, hold on. He's, Jesus. He's not, he's not 40. I know that for a fact. He, <laughs> you know, he is, oh, I am lying. He's 41. He's All 41. right. Woo. But he still will be the youngest person. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, he still will be the youngest person. He is not allowed to not be his <laughs> <laughs> He, what was it? It was James Earl Jones doesn't, he has it, but he had to get a nominated Oscar because he's never, he's only been nominated. He's never won an Oscar. So they basically gave it to him. uh, Dude, you just, you fucking deserve it. Like you were Mufasa and Darth Vader. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) We have to you. Um, you you have shifted the American culture <laughs> with just these two roles, so you, you should have one. He plays a lot of good dads. <laughs> he also plays uh, the dad in Coming to America. That's exactly yes, what I was just thinking does. about. Yes, he does. Yeah, it's just great. Uh, it, all he needed to do was be the dad in Black Panther, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, guys, I, ca- I can't play I can't another dad. <laughs> well, it's like it's like uh, Chadwick. Like As much as I love Chadwick Boseman, rest in power, he, like, after a while it's like bro give other people jobs man mm. like you are you've been you've been jackie robinson you've been mm. thurgood marshall you've been a mm. superhero movie like oh okay cool which won a billion dollars that's cool uh now you're gonna be um in ma rainey's uh black bottom as a jazz mm. singer or not jazz singer what does he play trumpet trumpet player yeah and he was james fucking brown like dude what's left <laughs> stop it i'll actually actually uh, my my mentor did tell me what is left if chadwick would have lived 10 more years he could have played james baldwin oh wow oh yeah because he was about to say james bond and i was like also yeah we're saving that for idris elba i still exactly i still have hope chadwick looks the most like james baldwin wow if he like all he had to do is get a few more years and that's the reason why they haven't done james baldwin is no one looks like Mm. like they're not going to give it to denzel washington they're not going to give it to jamie fox like he was the closest one so we're just gonna have to wait a few more years wow i'm picturing it (laughs) wow 
right? The small world after all. I'm sorry. I, I went against the question again. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, but I like your, your effort to, to, I, to I actually have it. a question. Matt, wait, wait, everyone, shush, shush, shush. Megan has a question. Shush, shush, shush. I do. Well, uh, I mean, Jordan, with all the things that you do, and you, you seem to do all of them constantly, especially on this, like, EGOT track, I think there are there are few people on this earth who can actually wear multiple hats very comfortably. Like, there's always, like, those one or two things that are like, I am this thing, which is, I'm I'm that person. Mm-hmm. I am one thing, but I could do a few other things. One of them is a close second, and there's a few other tertiary things that I'll do if I have to. Is there one hat, or is there, like, a set of two or three hats that you wear comfortably in all the creating that you do? Like, I'm actor, director, and this, or I'm just this thing, but I do these other things really well, because I've had to. So, I originally started my career wanting to be an actor, and then mm-hmm. my dad said, once I got to high school, he's like, you should take some dance class. And I was like, why would I take dance classes? I have no rhythm. I still don't have That's another what? conversation. We'll talk about that. Okay. And I took the class. I took the dance classes. I took them all throughout high school. And then I ended up auditioning with dance and I got into Cal Arts and wow. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to switch over and just be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll get in for a dance and then I'll switch over to acting. And that never happened. And so then I just kept dabbling as many things as I could because I was like, well, I just want to make sure I get a job because <laughs> I, I went to California Institute of the Arts over in Los Angeles and I got my BFA in dance and choreography over there. But I don't know if you guys know too much about Cal Arts, but it's one of the most experimental schools in the country. Mm. Now, I didn't care about any of that. I actually just wanted to get out of high school. (laughs) (laughs) I was in San Diego and I was like, I just need to leave. I don't care where the fuck I'm going. And it is, it's a conservatory, Mm -hmm. but it's not because it, so it's, the school is in one building and the one building has like five floors. They scours over across a couple of yard uh, acres. There it is. It was weird because all the artists were stuck in the same building all the time. (laughs) And, you know, that's not very common in college. No. Very much like, you know, you go to your classes, you meet up with somebody, you know, they're getting their major in English or history and you're like, oh, wow, cool. But everyone that went to the school was doing arts in one way or another. And I picked up on that quick because one of my best friends was an actor, but he wanted to be a rapper. And then my roommate was an actor, but he wanted to be a dancer. And then here (laughs) I was a dancer who wanted to be an actor. Oh, you should have all Freaky Friday'd. (laughs) (laughs) We we tried. Ah. (laughs) We couldn't get Jane Lynch. We tried. No, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. That's what that's like, what? <laughs> um, so, but I, are you guys familiar with dubstep? Yes. Yeah. So I wasn't until I got to college and okay. I went to my very first party and I was like, what the fuck is this? And they're like, yeah, dude, like this is dubstep, bro. Like shit feels good. And I was so confused. And I had to like wait around and I talked to a couple of people and I realized everyone that was enjoying it was drugged off their goddamn mind. Yeah. I was like, okay, so. So like you really need to like take drugs to enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not really feeling it. It, was, it very much felt like that episode in Key and Peel where they talk about dubstep and uh, like sure. his ears are bleeding and they're just like yelling and screaming and like <laughs> and I looked, I looked over to my friend Austin and I was like, Hey dude, like I don't really want to be here anymore and he's like, Yeah, me neither and like we we talked and we're like, Do we have to like 
go to because he he was from Baltimore, Maryland. So I was from San Diego, San Diego, and we came together. And we're like, we don't really want to spend like our college years in dubstep land. Like that's kind of <laughs> you like hip hop. I like hip hop. Is anyone doing hip hop shows? And so like we spent like the next few days like asking people around. We're like, when's the next? When's like the hip hop show? And everyone was like, mm, there's no hip hop shows. We're like, well, fuck it. What do we have to do to put together a show? So then we I ended up renting out a space that I got for free because it's college. And they're like, yeah, no, we want people to be artistic and free. So like use the space. I'm like, all right, whatever. Got a DJ, got a couple of performers, and I put together the show called Hip Hop Fest. And I was like, cool, I only wanted to do that one time because I just wanted to have fun. And it led to a couple of people messaging me and being like, yo, great party. When are you going to do it again? And I was like, what? People, oh, I guess I'm really good at that. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to be good at that. And so then the producing bug kind of like got into my head a little bit. And I was like, all right, oh. yeah, I'm going to start doing this. And I decided to do it once a semester because everyone's always working and doing that. And like everyone just needs like time to recover and just like rest, enjoy themselves. And so I created this. I, I was able to create a college event that happened every once every semester. Wow. Needless to say, it died with me because by my last year, it became like the event that everyone came fucking trashed to. Oh, no. Oh, oh my and God. They actually someone went into the men's bathroom and ripped out the sink. <laughs> <laughs> I love hip hop so much. Yeah. <laughs> Look what your art does to people. <laughs> and the school board tried, like, they pulled me aside and they're like, "Hey, like, we need to talk about these fines and like what you're gonna do." What? And fortunately, I had a, pro I brought a second producer on, and he was like, "Actually, he signed off for this space, not that, not the bathroom. The bathroom was not connected to the location. Hence, oh. that, is, that is security's problem." not ours that is some lawyer like stuff say, a hip-hop show in a bathroom and, cool. <laughs> and they were like well technically yes but fine you just can't do this event again and i was like oh darn i'm graduating <laughs> oh darn well i guess you guys um, will have it your way <laughs> and not like mcdonald's <laughs> But to this is not a sponsorship. <laughs> no sponsorship. Not yet. You gotta work you're working on it. Oh my god, I would be sponsored by McDonald's in a heartbeat. I thought we were working on Dr. Would. Pepper though. Dr. Pepper I would care about. If I could chill out for McDonald's and all I had to do was like say but up 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 I'm loving it once an hour, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> um but to so to go into your your question megan about the hats about the hats <laughs> because yes i did remember this time it, they did they just kind of kept piling on mm -hmm. and then they started melding into one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with that being said i was i have been told many of times by actual professionals actually now that i really think about it that said you need to choose one mm. And I was like, but why? I love everything the same. Mm -hmm. like, no, you need to choose one so you can focus on it. And then like, I just it kept bothering me because I was like, well, look at Broadway though. Like, why do they get to do three? Right. And then like, it just kind of came down to I, you know, I was like, well, maybe Broadway knows something I don't. So I started auditioning for Broadway. And guys, I got to be honest, I hate it. Oh, I, no. <laughs> I, I hate it so bad. It is it is such a monopoly of cards that the casting director is. It's just the casting directors know who they want, obviously, mm. and uh -huh. equity is required every six months to have auditions for shows. Yeah. So it honestly, no one cares. No one's looking. And so it feels like a waste of fucking time hmm. for the new people. Right. And then it kind of gets into the level of like, I've spent hours and so many, you know, auditions just waiting to be seen, waiting to be seen. So I got to talk to a lot of people and not a lot of people, you know, they're like, I haven't worked in like a year, but I want to do things like I'm ready. I'm eager. And no one had the platform to do that. So I was like, well, fuck it. I did some events in college. Maybe I can do them in New York. You know, I just need to get money. And so I started submitting and writing and drafting ideas 
ideas because I'm not the best writer. My grammar is very bad, just to be honest. It's very bad, but I try. I really try. And But I find people that are good at writing. And I say, hey, I need you to write this. Mm-hmm. And then I created Rebirth of Rabbit's Foot that uh, David came to. Yeah. It was my vaudeville hip hop show. And I did it once and I was able to pitch it to the pit. I thought I was going to do it once. And they were like, no, we want this to be a monthly thing. Wow. Wait, wh- I didn't even offer to do a, a residency. It just was <laughs> thrusted upon me. <laughs> And when it kind of came down to it, it's just like, I just wanted to give people an opportunity to explore their talents and perform because people aren't getting a chance to do that because of the monopoly of how this is all work. Yeah. Well, and I wasn't going to ask about this until later, I think, but I might as well now anyway. Sure. I, broad, I think we can all agree. Broadway has a race problem <laughs> and Broadway's working on it. In theory. In theory. Um, in theory. Yeah. In theory. Stuff's happening in places. The, the the theatrical landscape of New York City is changing. And I guess I mean I, I guess my question is like, do you think it's gonna happen? Uh it's gonna like like everything, it's gonna be time. Yeah. It's not gonna it's not gonna happen over overnight. The Black Lives Matter kicked them into gear. Mm-hmm. But in all all fairness, until they change who's ever on the committee, mm-hmm. it's not gonna happen anytime soon because then they're just casting to be black. And that was the problem that I had once the Black Lives Matter protests happened infused with Broadway being like, wow, we have to be more woke. We have to do this. We have to love our allies of color. And my problem with that was, oh shit, they're just going to cast so they don't feel racist. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm going to be a problem because there's a, you know, this goes just for a lot. There's a lot of untalented black people. There's a lot of untalented actors. There's a lot of untalented people. Sure. But if you're going to cast them just because they're black, that's not a good excuse. It's it's I've, I hear about it a lot, obviously, right? You know, you know me where I am in the theatrical mm-hmm. culture, and like the the conversations people have about wanting inclusivity and at the same time wanting it to not be like just checking boxes. Yep, feels so difficult for them and and for me when it when it's posed to me but like it's a challenge it's it's going to be hard for everyone because <laughs> i got a lot of calls during the black lives matter a lot of friends on broadway as i said and they were just like oh my god what do i do and i'm like i don't i don't, I don't know i don't have the answers i'm not i'm not the person in in charge to say this is what i'm going to do who were these people calling you what kind what kind of people oh they were white no, like, but like, oh. but like, God, God, like no, I mean, <laughs> that's not what I meant. I meant like, <laughs> these are theater makers. These are other actors. Like, what are these people calling? Like, what kind of, what are they looking for? Every, for every everyone and above. Okay. I, I have my plethora of, of woke friends and I have my plethora of people that are learning to be woke. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of a weird side note, during the Black Lives Matter protests in New York, in my neighborhood, there something happened that kind of triggered the, uh, I can't remember what it was, the introduction, the war on drugs. But this was different because it was fireworks. Oh my God. So for some reason, all of Brooklyn and Washington Heights. And yes, we remember this. Yeah. Was setting off fireworks. And in my neighborhood, it was between 8 p.m. and 3 a.m. Yep. That was us. Yep. And it wasn't us doing it, but it was us experiencing it. But everyone has, has said the exact same thing. It's like, yeah, I remember that. These were big fireworks. Mm-hmm. These weren't the cute little sparklers. These weren't the woo, yay. These were big fireworks. And to my knowledge, they're illegal in New York City because of how close everybody is. And I know that they're legal in Pennsylvania. When introduced, our neighborhood has a cop on the corner. During the entire Black Lives Matter protest, that cop was not there. 
there was no cop on that corner. And the fireworks kept going from 8 p.m. to 3 a.m. No one said anything. There was yelling and screaming. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? And then I talked to a couple of my friends in Los Angeles because they were going through a similar thing, but not as as, as drastic as New York. And they're like, oh, so here's an idea because you guys are so heavily in the Black Lives Matter. Well, L.A. was too, but New York specifically because of the, the protests, they set off those fireworks around those times because that's when people sleep. Mm-hmm. So when they don't sleep, then they get aggravated and then they get angry. So then if they go to a protest, they'll be angry and then they'll want to push or fight or do something. Uh, so it instigates yep. the lack of sleep. Uh-huh. It was the closest I've ever been to being a conspiracy theorist when I heard about that for the first time and was like, oh my yeah. God, that exactly makes sense. It is psychological warfare. That's what is happening. And people were like, I would like post about it and people would be like, no, no, they're just celebrating. It's summertime. This happens every year. And I was like, this does not happen every year. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing is that they use the fireworks to desensitize us. So mm-hmm. that way when we heard it, we just, when we heard a gunshot we thought it was a firework because i don't know about your guys neighborhood but my neighborhood is very much like oh is that a gunshot or a firework game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a fun game for new york city <laughs> oh super great don't leave your house <laughs> <laughs> and so like with that you know came this the fear of for some reason not for some reason you know more and more individual black deaths kept happening mm-hmm. and needless to say because i'm also white i'm black and white so i have i have to learn all of the information hmm black people aren't dying more it's just being filmed mm-hmm. that's the only difference right now sure yeah and then people started posting they're like, oh my god we got to fight we got to do this we got to include more people we got to support our brothers and sisters and broadway's like yeah and i was like that that's problematic because i work on broadway as a doorman and to my knowledge it's like three or four all black broadway shows a year and two of those shows get swapped out I believe the last round was Hamilton, Lion King, Temptations, Tina Turner. No, Donna Summer. Donna Summer. Uh, mm -hmm. Donna Summer. And then Donna Summer went out and Tina Turner came in. And do you guys remember the Motown revival? Yes. That lasted uh, three weeks. Whoops. Wow. Whoops. Really? Three it, weeks? It, the, revi- the the first one, when, like, when when Motown came to Broadway, I think it lasted a few years, and then the revival lasted three weeks because the producers didn't know how to pitch it. Mm. So hmm. it, I, I really... Fuck, they want to put me on the Broadway committee? Shoot, I'll do it. I'll, I'll <laughs> change it up. I would, oh, I would love that. I, I'm ready to go. Like it is, This is a journey that we all have to take together, and unfortunately, it has to be time because history repeats itself and it can only repeat itself so much until people start realizing we need to stop doing whatever that is because as much as we love idiocracy the movie we hated living it for four years (laughs) (laughs) i was so real (laughs) god it was so real there for a sec it was yeah yeah it was a bad time So when we talk about success, we usually categorize it as like a professional and personal and interpersonal. And I think professional, like, is pretty clear to me. Jordan's successful. It's pretty clear to anybody who looks at Jordan. Jordan's <laughs> successful. As your personal success, as your relationship with other people in your life, be they friends or families or loved ones or... How's that going? Wonderful, to an extent. <laughs> oh. So in the midst of creating and producing... You, maybe you guys know this for producing, you, you butt heads with people Yep. and you butt heads with people that they're like, well, no, I'm right. And you're wrong. And it's like, well, no, it's my project. Mm-hmm. This is how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I've learned over the years, I have a little bit of a, 
of anger thing that I need to look into. <gasps> but it all comes out of love. <laughs> yeah, ang- ang- some say anger, some say passion. Because I very much am aware of when I get so angry and I need to apologize. Sure. If I'm wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> but with 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 that, I've lost a lot of friends because mm. I decided to hire my friends for projects. And we never... They yeah. say don't do that. Yeah. That's tough. But that's what sucks about it is like, I've only ever loved creating with my friends. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then like, what mm-hmm. level... So then I take it to a level of, then it just becomes strictly professional. Like, okay, guys, here's what I want. Get it done. But I'm very much like an inclusive, like, hey, what do you want from this? What do we, what do you want to do? Like, this is my ideas. I want to blend it around this. Like, what's, what can we do with these ideas? And I know it just kind of depends on like the people that I'll get, but it fucked me up when I lost those friends. Cause I didn't, Mm -hmm. I've never, I moved around a lot. So I've never lost touch with people. So it feels weird that I can no longer reach out to that person because they want nothing to do with me. Even when it's just me trying to apologize. Mm. So it it really hurts and it finally took some getting or like not gonna lie, it kind of took about a year to get over. And it just sucks because I'm still working. And I know that they're not because we have the same friends because I introduced them to the same types of people. <laughs> and that's what sucks is like, I know I'm doing well because everyone's still talking about me. I work a lot with my girlfriend, Amber. Amber, say hi. I don't know if you guys heard. Oh. <laughs> um, but she is a photographer, videographer, creator, and she has a studio in Brooklyn. And she was kind of in the same boat for a little bit because people were like, oh, you're a photographer? Because, you know, everyone's a photographer these days. Mm-hmm. But like she like consistently gets paid to be a photographer. She works for Amazon Studios. She worked for JCPenney as a portrait photographer. It's like, yeah. this is what she does to make income. And everyone's like, yeah, but you're not like professional. And then it kind of becomes like this <laughs> level of like, okay, so what is professional at this point? What is is it that she is to charge you five hundred dollars for you to take her seriously, or is her you want to you want to see my tax forms? You want to yeah. see my studio? Like what what's what's professional? Yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of becomes into because then we've started having people that have been resenting her because they're attached. She's attached to me, <sighs> and it's like, oh, this is getting really fucking confusing now because here I am just young and loving life and just wanting to make art with my friends and getting to tour the world and have residencies and start digital platforms and people are fighting me and they're like no i want to do it this way this is me and it's like but that's not what this project is sure and then they start just lashing out and it just it gets messy it also uh, sucks because my my family is in entertainment so my mom loves everything that i do but i'm always in like a weird competition with my dad and yes, mm. we talk about him so much because he is the the root of my cognitive thinking of as Freud would say, my depression. But he is 64 years old and he still calls me saying, I'm so depressed. I can't do this. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, damn, here I was in my 20s, back in the 20s. I'm like, damn, here I am in my 20s having the same problem. So no matter what I do, I'm going to be stuck with whatever this is. Well, that sucks. Mm -hmm. So then it kind of becomes into the realm of like, now I'm just doing the family business and I don't even know if I wanted to do it anymore for me and if I'm just doing it for my family, but they're, but I'm also coming from a world where they love and support me greatly. So, and I know that that's not a lot of artists. So I, mm. I know I, I don't take that for granted. I very much love, but it's just my immediate family. I only know sure. my brother, mom, and dad, my grandparents on my dad's side are like, Hey, I have cousins somewhere and... <laughs> Yeah, and then I have a couple of uncles and aunts. That's but again, as I say, like that's my immediate family is my family, and then it's my friends because it's the friends mm-hmm. you're the family you're given and the family you choose. Yeah, right. And Absolutely. I don't have a lot of money, but I have a lot of friends. And I, and I know that she, I know that she's in the room and she can hear you. But do, do 
Did you ever butt heads with Amber? Oh, I'm, oh all the time. Oh, uh, no. But that's because we are two different types of artists. Sure. And it's important. Where I, Amber, I'm talking about you now. Um, <laughs> whereas an, I've been studying it all my life, she was like introduced, getting introduced to it like four years ago because mm. her family didn't want her in the arts. Her boyfriends didn't want her in the arts. Her friends are like, what are you doing? And so when Amber finally got to express like her artistry, she was like, fuck, I want to do all the things. And I'm like, yeah, but there is <laughs> going to make up for lost time. There, there is, there is a way to do it. And wait, hold on. <laughs> oh, so of course there's budding. Heads. But that's also yeah. because if, if we both just submitted to each other's ideas, then we wouldn't really be artists because we would just be following in the pattern of like, cool, what do you want me to do? And hmm. that would be considered a job. Your job is, what do you want? Cool, I'll go do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure. I didn't realize that there are some actors that just want that. Yep, they just sure. say, tell me what you want. I don't, I don't want to develop, like, I can do my character development story, but I'm not creating lines. I'm not creating scenarios. Like, what do you want? I'll do it. And I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a whole other method. Whereas now, now my directing kind of gets a little far-fetched because I want people to have fun and create. And there's some that are just like, nah, what are my lines? Here's my lines. I said them. Great. Can I leave? Very cool. I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Hmm. So yeah. it's, it's, it's always been a development, a creation issue <laughs> because I love creating I mm-hmm. and I love creating with my friends. But yeah. I also understand that that always can't happen. Yeah. Well, and you, you, Jordan Waters. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And you spoke about it a little bit earlier, but the last sort of version of this is like success interpersonally. Like how's how's Jordan's relationship with Jordan? I think you've talked about it a little bit sprinkled over the episode, but yeah. just sort of like, it sounds like that's been a journey as well. Where, where are you right now? Jordan is still learning Jordan. Hmm. Uh, now that I'm 30, I started having a, a new body. <laughs> I had a very fast metabolism when I was younger. Yep. And I was like, wow, this is great. And then I hit 26. And I was like, whew, the world feels a little heavier. <laughs> That's fine. <but> I <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I bulked up. And everyone's like, mm. yo, you gained weight, but not weight. You're just bigger. And I was like, That's weird. I haven't done anything different. And so then it's now taking in this new body of like, whoa, this is my new body now. What is my new body now that I wasn't 10 years ago? Yep. Yeah. I have all this hair. I gotta take care of it differently. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, I have anger issues. Okay, how do I take care of that? Then the the thing that we realize is Jordan has a very high anxiety, like extremely mm. high, and so much that it has affected my health. And I've learned that I really have to slow down. I really, really have to slow down. And yeah, I can say that I have been in pain for the last three years because I've been figuring out that my body doesn't want certain things, but because Mm. I've been going, going, going so hard and so long, my body hasn't had time to recover and then it just got sick. Now, Mm. when I say sick, this is Um, (laughs) pre-COVID, I would run to the bathroom quite Mm. often and it was was always number two. I had to poop, yes. (laughs) And for for the too much information... (laughs) A lot of the times it wasn't solid. (laughs) Mm. And as much fun as that is, I realized I was going to the bathroom eight or nine times a day. Jordan, that's too many times. And I thought that was normal. No, Jordan, that's not. That's too many times. I was like, what do you mean? Like so much to the point that I had a bathroom app on my phone and I would know where all the public restrooms were. I had had the Blink gym gym membership so I can go to any Blink I wanted to, mainly just so I can use the bathroom. (laughs) 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 And then start finding out that my body is not, is is my body is rejecting cow's milk. Oh. And Mm -hmm. it's also 
rejecting red meat. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck? And then Amber started doing the same thing because she also, bless her heart, has uh, RA. And that's been a whole other issue to deal with is like dealing with like the health of a 30-year-old having RA mm. and trying to be a new artist. And it's like, wait, what do we, all right, here's what we're here. I'm going to do, let's work and do this together. Let's grow together. Mm-hmm. And then when we had to stop together as COVID, we realized that we kept going to the bathroom around the same time because we had the same meals. We're like, hmm, that's odd. And then we started breaking things down. And she's also a muscle response nutritionist, which oh. is, we. she asks your body questions if you want to have things or not. So like if you hold meat, you'll she'll push your hand down. And if it goes down, that means you can't have it. If it stays up, that means you can. It's like Marie Kondo for food. Yeah. <laughs> is this food, food going to bring my butt joy? And yes. And so with that, it was a learning of cow's milk and red meat to the point that we just kind of became pescatarian with no dairy. But we thought was lactose intolerant was just cow dairy because I can mm. have goat's milk and sheep's milk and oat's milk, but I mm. can't have cow's milk. So then I was asking Amber, I was like, why is that a thing? And she goes, why does Jordan hate cows? <laughs> Actually, it's the cows hate me. Oh, no. What did you do? <laughs> when I was a young boy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> They did you know that cows can only give milk when they're pregnant? Yes. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Because Amber used to her grandfather had a farm. And so we talked about it and she was like, Yeah, whenever we, we'd get milk, you know, they'd inject them. I was like, they'd inject yeah. them? Like what? So then there's all these things going into these cows that's going into their skin their blood, their muscles, their bones, their milk. So it's whatever's being shot into cows is just not processing with my body. So now I have to become that annoying person that says, hi, is it vegan? Because I just can't take the risk of running to the bathroom. And I always tell people because they're like, oh, are you vegan? And I'm like, look, I don't give a fuck about the animal. I'm just sick of running to the bathroom. I'm really just- Listen, (laughs) listen, listen. I'm a bathroom vegan, okay? (laughs) I would punch a cow in the head if I could. I hate those fucking things. I'm a potty vegan. I am a potty vegan. I think we need to take care more of the orphans out there rather than the endangered animals that are happening. But that's just me. Deal. Um, no, let's, let's, <laughs> let's save the polar bears. Jesus Christ. Save everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a weird process to learn like who I am now because now I can't eat whatever I want. Hmm. So like that's like another thing that's been kind of like going through my head a lot is just like my body is telling me what it wants to reject. I yeah. have to listen to it. I have to listen yeah. to it because I really don't want to wear a diaper. At least for, like <laughs> Come my, on. my 90s. That's fine. Right. I run around too much to keep switching out like a bag of diapers. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't want a diaper butt yet. <laughs> <laughs> So we're almost out of time. So I want to say my bullshit, which is thank you for listening, which is not bullshit. That is that is <laughs> all the thank yous we've ever said to you guys is Shit. complete bullshit. Ah, dang it. <laughs> no, thank you for listening. This has been Dress for the Podcast You Want. My name is David. My name is Megan. And this has been a podcast for success with Jordan Waters. Woo! Jordan, thanks for doing this dang podcast. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to you guys. Yeah, you... I'm so excited that you were here. Likewise, it was great to talk to you. You can learn more about Dress for the Podcast You Want on the internet it's this new thing i don't know if you've heard of it Wait, is this uh, worldwide web everyone talks about yeah nothing oh. to do with spiders everything to do with podcasts oh. um we i want to thank dimly wit and background joys for hosting us those are our podcast networks um you can find out more about dress with podcast specifically on backgroundjoys.com where you can find out a bunch about other podcasts learn a little smut and sensibility there's new stuff coming soon uh, we also have a patreon patreon.com slash background joys where you can support megan and myself so that we can keep bringing you 
with some good ear foods. Mm, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> ear food that won't make your ears go to the bathroom nine times a day. Sorry. <laughs> Jordan, where can people go to listen to you or not listen? To, well, maybe listen. Where can people go to learn about you? So I also realized this entire time I didn't talk, I didn't talk about any of my work at all. So if anyone wants That's to fine. Me, I'm actually a featured artist on Rizzle and I am a content creator that is battling TikTok. Battling TikTok. That is a, a counter app to TikTok where oh, they're no. actually paying for artists to create original mini series and kind of create a platform that is healthy, that is not destructive, that actually does support Black Lives Matter. Oh, awesome. TikTok does not. Oh. Uh, I have my Rebirth of Rabbits, what my vaudeville hip hop show is on Rizzle. My puppet show, Family Jewels, is on there. I just released <laughs> Presents which I feature artists from all over the world and just kind of like talk to them a little bit and have them introduce their art. And um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and soon to be winning this EGOT because, you know, I got to do what I can, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan is a phenomenal artist. I'll have talked in the beginning about a little bit of like what Jordan does and, and some of the specifics about his work. But like genuinely, like I said in the beginning, and, and like we talked about with the EGOT, if you like things, Jordan has something you will like. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> he's just so eclectic as a creator. If you're like, a human who likes like interesting stuff, he's your man. If you like to like things, you will like this. Yeah. Um, so find Jordan and the stuff that he does. Oh, also um, currently in the process of creating a sh- uh, Shakespeare hip hop show. Yeah. <laughs> Called yeah, How, you are. Of Henry the Fourth, Part One and Two. Yes, you are. <laughs> with David too, right? Is that, is that with you? I'm, I'm helping. <laughs> 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 I'm just I sit I, I sit in a Zoom room uh, and Jordan will ask a question and I will go I think this and then I will just sort of scoot back again <laughs> it's great we're gonna start recording soon and doing these music videos <laughs> I can't wait and what's your advice for success for the people how can they be successful like you can't stop won't stop is my motto take time to rest though <laughs> like, please please do because you are worthless to the world if you are not rested because you are not your fullest and you need to be ready and sometimes luck pay- favors the prepared so like you can be as prepared as you want but some sometimes you just you get a job because you were just there or you know somebody or someone thought about you or they saw you that one rehearsal or actually that one audition because i remember i auditioned for you guys my you guys are my very first audition in new york city <gasps> i don't remember you got it was a puppet puppet shakespeare that you guys did yes richard III. it was for richard yeah, richard, yeah. i mm-hmm. didn't get it but dale decided to call me back for love's labor's lost yep and yes and you like, did come back okay. for love's labor's lost <laughs> <laughs> So you never know who's watching. <laughs> I love that because I knew that. About, I know your your hashtag can't stop, won't stop, and I love that in conjunction with your. And now I kind of have to stop sometimes. <laughs> no, no, you have to rest. You have to rest. Don't stop. No, oh, there we go. There, yeah, it's not stopping. It's just it's going a little slower. You have to, you have to reset. <laughs> I like it. Rest is a part of the process. It's not separate from it. Can't stop, won't stop, might nap. <laughs> Hosted on dimlywit.com.